right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Randy. We are talking LPGA golf today, and joining me are two people deep from the heart of Texas. Let's start with Cody McBride. Cody, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Biggie, happy to be here. Happy to talk LPGA golf. Very An awesome weekend. The Annika, who would have thought? Namesake event here. Excited to uh, boil down what's really been going on the last couple of weeks here and get ready for a little tour championship action, man. Amen. We've reached the end of the 2023 season. It's been a long season. We'll get into all that. But also joining us, uh, she is in Texas just for the moment. Went to see Victor Wembanyama last night. That is Jordan Perez. Jordan, welcome to the show. How are you today? What's up? I'm fired off. Fresh off of seeing some Wemby. Very inspired, fresh off of some very inspiring play over the weekend at the Annika. And yeah, this is one of the best times of year for women's golf. So super excited to chat everything and anything LPGA. Before we dive into today's episode, let's first thank our sponsor. And that is our good friends at Titleist. Today's episode is brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf and the overwhelming choice of players on the LPGA Tour that includes newly minted world number one, Lilia Vu. We're going to talk a lot about Lilia, who led a one through six finish for Pro V1 and Pro V1X players last weekend in Florida. And is among the 77% of players who have teed up a Titleist golf ball this season on the LPGA Tour. That's a lot of players, 77%. And fun fact here, both Lilia and myself, we started the year by making the move to the 2023 Pro V1X model and let's look at the results. How about four wins, two majors between the two of us? I'd say that's a hell of a year, no matter how you slice it. In all honesty, though, the, the Pro V1X for me, I play the X because I need spin. The, the X is great for players that need spin. It's been wonderful. You know, I made my first eagle in a long time, a few weeks back, 177-yard uh, approach into a par four, no big deal. Hit the front of the green, released right into the cup. That felt good. But the best thing I can say about the Pro V1X, when, when I'm hitting the ball well, when, when I feel like I'm playing well, the ball, it, it just it, it moves and reacts and, and does things as I would expect it to. And that's all anybody's ever looking for when they're playing golf. So I've really, really loved moving to the Pro V1X. And on the game's biggest stages, more of the best choose Titleist. Head over to Titleist.com to start the golf ball fitting process and find out which Titleist is best for your game. That's Titleist.com. Get fitted. It makes a huge difference. We thank them for being a great sponsor. And guys, let's get into today's episode. Guys, you said it. Um, I think it was a great event last week down in outside of Tampa, the Annika at GameBridge. It was the last full regular season event of the year lots of lots of big things happening um we're gonna dive into that here in just a second before we do though jordan i also want to shout out we're gonna go a little deeper but you have been working on a profile of sorts on angel yin can you tell the folks when and where they will be able to read that so that'll be coming out this week just ahead of cme um i think I can speak for all of us in saying that Angel is one of the most captivating characters on the LPGA right now. And I mean, she's had an enormous year. I mean, this has been a really big comeback for her. She's gone through so much in what's been, I think it's about almost seven years on tour or so. And I mean, turned professional right as she, soon as she became an adult, basically. And I mean, she's kind of gone through a lot and she was one of the biggest rising stars at one point and then she wasn't and she's just been through everything whether that's injury money I mean you name it and she still managed to keep an enormous smile on her face and has just been such a bright light in the people around her's lives and I don't know I, I kind of went in depth a little bit and tried to see the kind of soul searching that she did and how she figured out her own way. And I think Chevron really platformed her this year, but I certainly think all of that hard work 
on the inside was done way before Chevron. And that's why she was able to leverage it so well. So yeah, uh, stay posted for that. I'm really excited for that to come out. I think Angel is super cool. And there will be no shortage of Angel Yin uh, jokes in that piece. That's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I, I know after I did the podcast with her a couple months ago, it was I, I chatted with her the week of Cincinnati. Her just talking about how, I, I, and I won't, not to spoil too much, but if anybody did listen to that podcast, you know how how affected she was when she missed out on the Solheim Cup a couple of years ago and just the physical toll that took on her and, and it really caused her to to reexamine some things. Jordan and I were chatting like, man, I, I feel like I didn't get to go like deep enough into Angel's psyche and what was going on. So perfect subject to write upon. So Jordan, I can't wait to read that. Check it out. We'll we'll promote it across our platforms. Uh, Code man, the game bridge, baby. What what are what are our big takeaways? What what's what's going on last week? Lily Avu. I don't know what else. Uh, she, there's not a lot she can do that to cap off this phenomenal season that she's had. Obviously, she goes on. If she goes on and wins the tour championship, it would be the icing on cake and a lot more cash in her pocket. But man, oh man, she had a season capped off at the Annika, driven by Gamebridge at Pelican. What a title. Uh, I just want to point that out first. You know, we got used to just calling this the Gamebridge. Obviously, it's at Pelican. They're known to be wearing those fancy blue jackets down there. They 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 fashion themselves to be a little bit of, uh, you know, Augusta National, but further south, down on the water. Uh, a lot of crossover between membership there, but obviously, really cool that Annika, like, this is her event now. And to have this LPGA event that matches the same naming convention that she has, you know, she has junior events all over the world. She has one back in Europe. She has one in the United States. She has a, a, a college event that's called the, you know, the Annika again, the college showcase. And now this being like the final piece on top of uh, solidifying the fact that it's the Annika driven by Gamebridge at Pelican. I think it's really, really cool. And we had an awesome, awesome finish. Ultimately, you know, Lilia ended up clipping Allison Lee and Azahara Munoz by three shots. But it's such a phenomenal year. Uh, I, I feel like very lucky that we've had multiple opportunities to sit down and talk to Lilia and kind of, you know, figure out where she was at compared to where she's at now. It's incredible. And the amount of travel that these ladies have gone on really the last month and then still have enough juice to land in Tampa after being on the road for five weeks in a row. It's just phenomenal stuff. Really, really, really good golf played though. Amen to all of that. Yeah. It, it, it feels like with the four week Asian swing and then coming back without a week off to last weekend's tournament, the Annika, and now the CME tour championship, it is a grind. It feels like, like a, a battle of attrition just as much as anything else. Lilia winning. Uh, she goes over $3 million this year. It's her fourth victory. Her and Celine Boudier both have four wins. Two of Lilia's wins are majors. This was her sixth overall top 10. It just is a hell of a season. Honestly, something that I don't know if we knew it was. I mean, I certainly don't think we knew it was going to be Lilia doing this. But we, we were craving for this breakout season by by a young American this year. And Lilia has provided that in spades. Uh, the, the, the player of the year race is down to Lilia and Celine, and it's actually going to be determined at CME this weekend. We'll get into the scenarios there. But, Jordan, anything to add there? I mean, Lilia is – she's it right now. We should say she takes over the number one spot in the world with her win. Uh, Runing Yin drops to number two, but uh, anything to add with Lilia's fourth win last weekend? Yeah, I mean, not enough good things to say about the year Lilia's had. And just kind of watching her on Sunday, she kind of had to battle back a little bit, even though she handily seemed like she had the lead and she mentioned this in her interviews after. But um, no, she's emerged as one of the best putters on the LPGA. And you saw a lot of that between Chevron and AIG and thinking about, you know, like you said, we've needed a breakout year like this, but I certainly think 
a year where so many of the wins are kind of concentrated at the top is huge for the LPGA. That's a tour that needs it. That's a tour that needs a lot of face time with its stars. And I think Lily is, you know, the perfect player for that. One thing I think, you know, yeah, Celine's had an exceptional year as well. And it's really hard to make that argument against it. Aside from the fact that Lilia has claimed two majors, but I don't know, there's just been a lot of really great golf, right? Concentrated at the top. And it's, I know we've talked, we've had the parody conversation between first time winners, but it's nice to see just a little bit of parody at the top as well. And Lilia, we should say, 66 in the final round. Her only blemish was a bogey on the par 3 12th. Uh, Cody, you mentioned, you know, when, when it was time to go get it, she birdies 15, birdies 16, seals the deal. But really, it was the third round, 62. Bogey-free, I mean, eight birdies uh, to, to, to really go and put herself in position. Because I... I have to think that she has an eye on the player of the year award race. And for, for folks that are listening and don't know that the LPGA player of the year award is purely points based. There, there is no voting. It's all the players know what they have to do. You know, first place gets you 30 points. Second place gets you 12 points. And, and it goes down to a 10th place finish gets you a single point. So Lilia has to know where she sits coming into this week. And for her, you know, how much of that was motivating her? I, I got to think a little bit whether she says so or not. But for her to go out and, and and have a statement win like this and to put herself in a great position to close the deal this coming weekend at the Tour Championship, it, it's just so impressive. And I feel like that's, you know, you kind of run out of adjectives all year. We've just been saying, gosh darn it, Lilia is just so impressive when it counts. And I think this is just another feather in her cap. The one thing I will say, that 62 by Lilia on, on Saturday, phenomenal round, bogey-free, matched by Allison Lee, tied that 62, and then Amy Yang beat that by one, fired 61. It, I don't know what, uh, maybe it was setups uh, or maybe course conditions or something, but it they were out there absolutely, you know, just making buckets of birdies on Saturday. It was such a fun watch. And uh, again, I think it just goes to show like even with being being in contention, it, it just is like Lilia Vu has another gear that she can kick it into. And it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, whether it's, you know, a Thursday or Friday or a final nine on Sunday, she can go out and get in. She has the confidence now in that. Who knows what that means for years to come? But right now she has found something and it's working so, so well. I hope that she continues this form into next year and years after that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and of course, the other big thing besides Lilia and, and winning, um, there was the game within the game going on at Cambridge. This was the last quote unquote regular season event. And so with an eye towards being in that top 60 is the cutoff for CME. Uh, so some interesting things down the stretch. But before we get there, Cody, you mentioned Allison Lee finishes tied for second. Really good little stretch here to close the season for her. She Last time we saw her on the LPGA Tour uh, back in Asia at the BMW Korea uh, Ladies Championship, she finished tied for second. She went and won the Aramco Team Series event, which was her next start after that. And now she's back here finishing runner-up again. Uh, she's certainly somebody to watch next week. And then also Azahara Munoz finishes tied for second with Allison Lee. And I, I think that's only noteworthy because Azahara, uh, this was her best finish since 2019. She had taken a lot of time off, has become a mother. And so really nice to kind of see her getting back into the swing of things uh, and, and really also playing some good golf over the last several weeks. So uh, Jordan, Anybody else, before we kind of dive into the game within the game, anybody else, uh, we'll let you run down the leaderboard, heck, even if you'd like. Do you want to cook a little bit? Don't don't feel pressure, but if, if there's anybody else you want to shout out this week. I just want to go back to Allison Lee very briefly. I mean, she went from being one of the brightest stars, right, when she turned professional, makes a Solheim Cup in her rookie year, to really struggling for a long time. And to see her kind of play some of the best golf she's ever played in her entire career so consistently is really cool. So it, it's it's very cool to see her in CME this week and just the kind of 
progress she's made all year. I mean, I remember watching her at Mizuho earlier this year at Liberty National when because she was in Rosang's group and she's struggling a little bit in that first round. But I mean, just to kind of see the progress she's made is is especially in this stretch at the end of the year has been really cool. Okay, I in terms of shoutouts, I think. You we you had this one on the uh, agenda, Randy, and I think this one is really of note, especially because she too also had a very profound amateur career. Um, uh, Bianca Pandaganon, have, have, am I saying that right? I really hope so. I hope I just did not butcher the hell out of her name. Um, well, I wouldn't say you, I wouldn't say you butchered the hell out of it, but I, I will jump in and say it's Pogdanonen. Okay, thank you. Went from 60th to 55th with a T19 this week at uh, the Annika. And yeah, if for maybe a little bit of a refresher, she was a national champion at Arizona, went all the way down to 324th in the world rankings at one point, just really like lowest of lows. Still hasn't really found that maiden win, but you've seen her in burst and she's phenomenal has had a lot of close calls this fall. Um, in the past three weeks, I think she it was like a T3, T2 in this T19 this past week. I think there's a lot of momentum on her side, and I and she kind of played like a smaller schedule this year. So that kind of progress should really open a lot of things up for her. But yeah, I saw in her interview after that T19 this week, um, she said she wasn't worried about making it into CME. You got to think uh, maybe, maybe there was a little bit of worry, but she don't want to let in too much. But Said that she'd put in a lot of work to kind of filling her cup outside of golf. Um, got into reading, baking, and crocheting. And said her most inspiring read was Giannis Antetokounmpo's book. So I thought I thought that was a cool note, taking some inspiration outside of golf. But yeah, nice to see uh, nice to see Bianca playing some really good golf again. The one thing to add about uh, Bianca that we highlighted a couple episodes ago as well is that being that her status was outside of what was it top 70 big for this year and that's what they based all of the schedules and entries for this year's asian swing she had a phenomenal summer all leading up to the asian swing she capped that off i mean she coming off of uh she of course didn't play at solheim but she went to walmart had a t3 finish there came to texas uh had t2 there and then basically didn't have anywhere to play coming off of uh, some incredible finishes where she was in contention all the way till the end in Dallas and didn't have anywhere to play. And there was a big concern there about like, wait, you have somebody who's kind of on the bubble here. I'm like, how are they going to be able to capitalize on the momentum? She took a couple weeks off. Then she went over to Thailand, played the Thai ladies uh, or LPGA tour, ended up taking second there at the, the Wistron ladies open. Never even heard of it before, but congrats to her before coming to Tampa and playing this week. The other, I th- I think one thing that I'll remember this year is that uh, they they might not have gotten the wins and buckets, but I think this the entire Aussie contingent of of players on the LPGA tour, Steph Kiriakou having an awesome year ends up T five here this week. You add that to Minji's wins and Hannah's wins and everything else like that. Uh, their team absolutely balled out earlier this year uh, when we were in San Francisco. Awesome, awesome showing. And I, I know that that entire group with a, a young, uh, you know, Grace Kim coming up and getting her win on a rookie year, they're just, they're, there's so much potential here. And that's before we even like add Gabby to the mix and start talking about like what the future of Australian professional golf is going to be on the on the women's side. Uh, I want to shout out Lexi here because, again, she finishes T7 at the Annika. There's a ton of responsibilities on Lexi's shoulders at this event. She's somewhat of a, not the namesake, that's obviously Annika, but she definitely is an ambassador for this event, and she's all over the place. Also, congratulations to her. She was named, uh, the or awarded, excuse me, the Founders Award this year for everything that she does for the game specifically it's an honor given to lpga members who and based off of the opinion of their peers represent the spirit ideals and values of their organization through their behavior and deeds both on and off the course and you know we give lexi a hard time we also give ricky a hard time but literally if you go to an lpga event there is not a single person like 
Lexi does not turn down any requests for autographs or for pictures or for anybody. Like that is why they are the fan favorites because they put the time in and they stay there until every single one of these kiddos out there gets a chance to talk, to sign, to get a picture, you name it. It's very, very deserving uh, of Lexi for this award and, and happy to see her continuing this like amazing play. I just don't know where this came from. I know there's a swing coach change uh, that has been done, uh, but she's just like, th there's something new. There's something exciting going on with Lexi. And if she continues at the rate that she's going now, we're going to be talking about like Lexi in contention again, not like Lexi, like barely surviving to make a cut. Yeah, that's exactly right. Great shout out on, on winning the founders award. Totally uh, deserved. I, I think I know we've beaten this subject into the ground, but but I think what's frustrating is be, she is so wonderful to the kids and to tournament organizers, and and she is an ambassador for the women's game and the game of golf overall. And it's just like I I I want I want to know more about her. I, I want her to be a little bit more open with the media and allow people inside of her thinking and to tell her story. And I, I, that's. That's where the disappointment for me and and I think for us sets in a little bit. But well-deserved honor there. Uh, Jordan, great shout-out for Bianca. She She's somebody that I'm like, I'm so curious to see, and, and we won't know for a while, if this is like a true step up in her game or if this is like a nice little one, two-month hot streak that she's on because she hits the absolute living shit out of the ball. She is, I mean... I, I would say probably her and Maria Fossey and Van Dam are like the longest players on tour. Uh, I'm I'm probably forgetting somebody, but man, if if she's kind of found it and and is is obviously getting more comfortable on tour, I feel like she has a ton of potential. So we'll see. Jordan, the one name I wanted to ask you about and just give a quick shout out is Wake Forest alum Rachel Keen. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly or if it's Kewen. I, I always. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at names, but what's her story and finishing time for 15th. What, what a great result for her this, this past weekend. Yeah. So Rachel Keen got in with an exemption into the event this week at the Annika. And so I believe it's been her third LPJ start this year. And yeah, she's in her final year of eligibility at Wake Forest, uh, just became a national champion, team national champion uh, at Wake Forest. And so she's always had a pretty pretty elite amateur career she was a part of the two Curtis, winning curtis cup teams the past two uh in team usa um knocked the winning putt in for both um so that's a pretty remarkable achievement but she comes from a pretty big golfing lineage uh her mom brenda Corey keen was kind of a really big amateur star in the curtis cup and a lot of people made that link when Rachel uh, made such a splash at both amateur, or I'm sorry, both Curtis Cups, and I think Rachel's really starting to, you know, not I wouldn't say dissociate, but certainly make a name of her own and really carve her own path. I look at Rachel, and she's just one of the most consistent players out there. There's nothing super super flashy about watching Rachel King play, but she's certainly super super accurate, uh, super consistent, and I think this showing this week at the Annika where maybe in terms of setup, it's not the toughest week on tour, but in terms of pressure, in terms of how many people are trying to play for their livelihoods is one of the hardest weeks all year. She really showed out. I mean, she had a 60 opening round, 66, 69, 67, 67. And so for, you know, to in a time of year where, you know, keeping your game alive on the college side because things are a lot quieter at this time of year is super important. I mean, Rachel really showed out and hoping to see a lot more of her on the LPGA in the coming years. I mean, this will be her final year playing amateur and collegiate golf. I don't believe she's played Q school just yet. So I don't think she's quite assessed um, the litmus test for her game in that regard, but it's obvious her focus is really set on the amateur side and, you know, establishing what has been already a pretty legendary career. I mean, she's bit, she's won multiple times on the collegiate side. I mean, she, she's pretty, she's been consistent all throughout. And so, 
yeah, really great week for her. Um, also want to give a shout out to Louise Reitquist. She got an exemption through winning the Annika's namesake collegiate event into this event. Um, she had a pretty good week as well. So yeah, really, really big week for the amateurs. It's always nice to see them make cuts at these events, especially with such a pressure packed event. Absolutely. Um, I think the only other person we got to talk about, oh God, it's a heartbreaker. Emily Pedersen. She was your 54 hole leader, had played so well throughout. Um, and to close her final round with not making any birdies, shooting a four over 74 to finish tied for fifth. On top of that, kind of the, the, the punch in the gut on top of missing out, winning her first time, her, her first LPGA tour event. I believe I was I was texting with Madeline Sackstrom's caddy Shane Cod friend friend of ours friend of the program. Uh, Madeline ended up being in that 60th spot to make it into the CME Championship this weekend. And what he told me they were they were kind of in and then they were out and then they were in and then they were out. And he thought Emily needed uh, a par on the 18th hole to secure enough points to be in that top 60. Or at least, I think, to keep Madeline out, I, I'm, I'm not sure the exact scenario there, but Emily ended up, uh, I think, three-putting, making double, just just a very sloppy hole. And so Emily finished, I believe, 70th, 71st in the CME standings, will not make the Tour Championship, uh, but a good result for her. And I think somebody that, um, just like her Solheim Cup appearances have have told us, you know, can get very hot, but also can make some some big numbers. And she's she's just somebody I'm I'm rooting for. This was her first year really playing a full time LPGA schedule, uh, and in a good last event of the season for her. And somebody that you know I, I think certainly has the talent, and and quite honestly, somebody I'm rooting for to capture that first victory, hopefully next year. With that said, I think the game within the game, guys, obviously Emily Pedersen missing out on the Tour Championship. Jordan, you mentioned Bianca. She was right in that 60th spot heading into this week. Her T19 vaulted her up to 55th, so she secured her spot. Uh, there were two players, and I was a little surprised by this, only two players that played their way into the Tour Championship who were on the outside to start the weekend and then uh, have punched their card to Naples. And that was Steph Kiriakou, who finished tied for fifth. Great week for her. She vaulted up from 71st into the top 60. And then also Patty Tanakit, Cody. I know that will make you happy. She was 61st to start the event, uh, finished, what, tied for 15th, I believe, and uh, finishes at 57th to get to play this weekend. So... We can go there, or the other thing, you know, some some big names that aren't going to be playing in the Tour Championship. We can we can go either direction here. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I just, one thing on Patty, she, I think everything is finally coming back around. She just makes a lot of bogeys, <laughs> yes. like very sloppy bogeys. I think if we we figure we figured that out, uh, she'd be back off to the races. But man, she started out hot, sixty three in the opening round. Obviously, very very difficult. To follow a, a great score like that up, but 72 back to 62, Ben back to 72. It's like we're riding these fire and ice, uh, you know, rounds here. But from where we were at and what we were discussing about Patty spring into early summer, now to where she's at, back at the tour championship, could not be more happy for her. Yeah, well said. I, I think this was no matter what, I, this will be a good bounce back year for her, right? I, I, I think she's she's kind of righted the train. She's hopefully in a in a good situation on and off the course. And man, we just continue to hope her her talent and her ability, she can really get in attention in contention. But like you said, gonna have to cut out the bogeys and and doubles and yada yada. So if we look at the CME standings, like we said, top 60 make the tour championship. And unlike the PGA Tour, there's there's no handicap start. So all 60 women in the field are starting on a level playing field. They are all competing for the $2 million first prize, the, the richest event outside of the majors for the winner. 
Uh, it's a $7 million total purse. Again, only among 60 players. It's it's a very big financial reward uh, and, and obviously a, a culmination of good seasons for these women who will be playing in the Tour Championship this year. The people just missing the cut. I mean, let's start here with 61st is Sarah Schmelzel from the United States. Uh, 62nd, Celine Borgia the rookie from Norway. She had some good weeks. Uh, I think all in all, good season for her. We have Albain Valenzuela finishing 63rd. Azahara Munoz mentioned her 64th. Yoon-hee Lee 65th. And then we come to our young hitter, Cody, Lauren Coughlin, 66th for her. But I think this is a good season. I, I think this is a step in the right direction. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we're it. she didn't get the final number that she wanted. But when we're talking about like building year over year, putting herself in contention, she had such an amazing Asian swing that capped off really an awesome, awesome year of putting herself out there. I mean, in contention at major championships. I know she wants to get to the tour championship, but but this we're in a really, really good spot here with plenty of room to build on for next year. Big, I I I think outside of the immediate disappointment of knowing that like you needed and she really really wanted to get to the tour championship she has to be thrilled with it yeah i agree um jordan let me ask you this two players big names that did not make the tour championship we have lexi thompson who finished 79th on the cme points list and we have lydia ko who finished 100th on the cme points list had i told you back in january that both of these women were not going to be playing in the tour championship, which, which would have surprised you the most? I think Lydia, obviously, um, given the year she had last year, three wins, wins it all at the tour championship. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's been the biggest elephant in the room. She's not defending her title at CME. And, you know, by the time we kind of got to the midpoint of the year, back around us women's open i was like this is this is over this is not going to be the same lydia year we had last year and you know in some respects it sounds a lot like she's slowing down you know that that you know she's kind of coming into maybe the latter part of her career and to her credit she's had a fairly long career i mean she's been playing you know ever since she was a teenager and so that it, it and she sustained a lot of success. I mean, she's going to go down as one of the greatest women's golfers to ever play the game. And so, you know, between you know the decision, maybe maybe marriage. I mean, I, I don't want to say like that was a bad thing, but certainly maybe she's just slowing down, and that's fine. I mean, it that it, it, she's she's had a hell of a career. And in terms of Lexi, I think the Lexi one's particularly interesting, um, given her success at the Solheim cup and, you know, the kind of player she has, I thought this one, this point was interesting. I want to bring two points up to both of you. One, there were a couple Solheim cup players that were sort of on that bubble, which were Andrew Lee and Daniel Kang, which is curious to me because we had a team USA that came so close to winning the Solheim cup and that they just couldn't come through, which makes you wonder, I mean, just how, dispersed all that talent is but two we're we're in a different part of Lexi and Lydia's careers I I really think we're almost in that ambassadorship part and that's that that's fascinating to me and so I'm wondering like you know are we phasing these stars out like and we're ushering in the Lilias the Angels the Rosangs you you know that's curious to me as well yeah don't figure I mean Ronin Still, Minji, y- y- you name it, we can go on and on and on. On the American side, I would agree with you that we're probably there with Lexi. And I think that that's a position that she probably would be comfortable taking on. It blows my mind that we're talking about that with with Lilia, though. It, it, I, I, it just doesn't feel. And I know points and time and, and everything else like that. This is a, a long, hard life. I would say that this year is just a it's just been a lot of change and i think it not only personal life but instructor and relocating and you know they're finally settled out in the bay area and trying to figure out how you you do travel and and who's coming with you and when i think it was just a lot and i think it was a lot more than she expected 
Um, because you see that when she she had a couple good rounds this year, and you was like, that fire was immediately back. And she was like, yeah, I can do this. And then all of a sudden, it's just like there's at times the game just hasn't been there. And I don't know what you chalk that up to, but I as much as she obviously deserves if if she wants to take that position, I think she has so much more game left. Uh, and who, who knows? Everybody has personal plans and aspirations. And, and she said that for a long time. And she, she was bold enough to go out there and put timelines on it all. It just blows my mind that we could potentially be there already. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. I, I would add with Lydia, too, she won the Saudi Ladies International earlier this year, which did not help her in, in terms of LPGA points, but it's still a big victory for her. And then the other thing I was going to mention, you know, she had a top 10 in Korea. She finished third. She finished tied for 11th at the Maybach Championship in Malaysia. But she did not earn CME points for those results because she was playing on a sponsor's invite. So another little wrinkle, Cody, you had mentioned about how they they set the, the field for those Asian events and Bianca, her hot streak came after the fields had already been set, so she was not able to play with them within them. Lydia is almost on the other side where she was not playing well but got sponsor invites, went over and had some good weeks, but the did not matter for the CME race. So... Yeah, I, I think, you know, Lexi, the one thing we had kind of intimated only because we had heard it from a few different areas was like, yeah, Lexi, this might be her last year. You know, some people think she was she's on the way to retirement. Who knows? We'll see over the next few months uh, if, if there's any validity to that. I guess as we get closer to the end of this season and certainly the start of next year, I'd be I'd be fairly surprised if. If Lexi walked away, I, I don't feel like, and especially with her playing a lot better these last several weeks, we'll see there. So I, I think I was more surprised with Lydia and her 100th place finish, just Jordan, as you said, after winning last year and, and the end of the year that she had in 2022 was so, so impressive. But I think let's let's talk about a, a few other just names that, that are missing out. Cody, the the one I hate to pick on you, but Lucy Lee, she finished 109th. Not quite the rookie season that she was hoping for or you were hoping for. But, um, you know, hey, you went out on a limb earlier this year, and I respect that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, when, you, when you're playing, I, I wanted to make a bold take and put something out there. It just didn't come through, and that's okay. You know, I learned my lesson. Absolutely. The other one, Matilda Castron, former Solheim Cupper, she finished 73rd. Inji Chun, a, a major winner, finished 75th. Maria Fossey, this was an interesting one. She finished 76th, but I, I don't think it's disappointing for her. I almost think this was like her most complete LPGA season. I feel like she's taken some good steps, and now she has decent priority going into 2024 uh, she's somebody that came out with so much hype and excitement and just has a gorgeous golf swing and hits the shit out of the ball. Uh, she, she's kind of like Bianca a little bit where she's got to learn to tighten up the game, avoid the big numbers, have that consistency round to round, week to week. Um, but I almost feel like 76 on the CME list is is a good result for it. Jordan, would you agree with that? I would. And interestingly, I, I kind of think back to the tail end of Maria's amateur career and kind of being in that class with Jennifer Cupcho specifically. I mean, I think a lot about Anma 2019 and Mason year and um, the way that their careers have kind of diverted. I mean, Jennifer's played at a fairly consistent level and Maria Maria's kind of struggled to find her way. But I think this year has a lot of positive momentum. And I, I kind of think it's only the beginning for Maria. I, I certainly hope so. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Um, all right, well, let's turn our attention this weekend, folks. The the Tour Championship, the CME Tour Championship, the last event of the regular of, of the 2023 season. I, and I only kind of um, hedge on that because the Grant Thornton is the second weekend of December. That's a big deal for the LPGA players, but that is an exhibition event. So this is it for the true season. We have 60 women all competing, like I said, for the $2 million first prize, the $7 million total purse. For TV coverage, we have, uh, it's on a lot of different places, but Thursday, Friday, 
Eastern time, United States Eastern, 2 to 5 p.m. on Lecoq is going to have the first hour, 2 to 3, and then two hours on Golf Channel, 3 to 5 p.m. Saturday, I guess because of college football, it's only going to be on Peacock Live. That's going to be 2 to 5 p.m. Saturday. Uh, there is a tape delay option on Golf Channel later that evening. But then Sunday, the final round, 1 to 4 Eastern on NBC. So they're going to end on broadcast television, which is good. Guys, there, there are some good storylines this week. I think besides who will win, and, and we can get into some picks, but I, I want to start here, Cody. The Rolex Player of the Year race. We have Lilia Vu on, on the heels of her latest win. She now has 196 points going into this week. Celine Boudier has 169 points. So, Lilia Vu, Celine, let's just say we're going to make this easy. Celine has to win to have a chance. So, wait, wait, Celine, wait a second. I thought, yeah. the, I thought the award is presented this week. No. It, well, what do you mean by that? I thought that it's awarded like on Wednesday night. Oh, you think it doesn't incorporate the CME championship? I don't. I think it's for some reason. I thought that it it's usually awarded. Uh, I know they Wednesday have the Rolex Players Dinner. Yeah, I believe though it it goes through the Tour Championship. Let me check. I'll check for you, buddy. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll finish explaining the scenario. You check on that. Uh, like I said, Celine, for her to have any chance, assuming uh, Cody will correct me if I'm wrong here, but Celine has to win this week, and Lilia cannot finish better than ninth place for Celine to win outright. So if Lilia finishes eighth or better, no matter what Celine does, Lilia is going to be your 2023 Player of the Year. If Celine wins, it would give her five victories to Lilia's four. Uh, and if Lilia does not finish eighth or better, Celine Boutier will be your 2023 Player of the Year. Jordan, I'm sure I explained that crystal clear. Do you understand what has to happen? Yes, 100%. Okay. I think the unique thing, this is um, the Player of the Year points is is a purely points-based award. There There is no voting by anybody. Uh, let's, let's say they both end with four victories. I, I don't think I'm going out on a Lynn Jordan. I, I think Lilia, by by virtue of winning two majors to Celine's one, I mean, I, I think she should win player of the year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I mean, there's somewhat of a gulf between Lilia and Celine. And I like I said earlier, I don't want to take away from Celine's year. She had a phenomenal year on, on her own. But like Lilia has just been dominant all for the entire calendar practically. And so... It's, it would be hard to award it to somebody else. And I'm curious to see how she caps it all off at CME. I mean, she's played so much golf this year, so much good golf this year. And yeah, I, it, it, it's hard to think. It, Celine's right there, but, but Lily has just been a cut above the rest. Cody, have we, have we found uh, an official word? You are correct. Uh, through CME Tour Championship. And I agree with you guys. It's, it's, Heck of a year for Celine. Heck of a year for Ronning, who's who's outside of it. But you know these three have clearly lifted and, and separated themselves from the rest. But it's very very difficult outside of uh, of Celine winning the Tour Championship to to not say Lilia. This was her year. She she very deserving of Player of the Year if we get there. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I mean. Part of me, I, I guess I'm curious what you guys think about this. Let's say Celine were to win, which would be, I mean, to, to, to go and get it uh, would would be a hell of an accomplishment. But let's say, you know, she wins and Lilia finishes 10th. Celine will win Player of the Year. I guess my question to you guys would be, in, in your mind, and if it was a voting award, would that be enough? Celine, five wins, one major. Lilia, four wins, two majors. Who Who would you vote for in that situation? That's a trick question. You, you, this is a point-based thing. Of course, uh, yeah, I'm going to put more of my way behind major championships, uh, including, I, I would say, big, big win there at the AIG Women's. And, you know, the Chevron's is just a, a, an elevated event. But it's still, I mean, coming down, playoff with Angel, like overall, huge, huge gutsy performance there. Definitely is weighted more. Um, and again, that's not taking any way, anything away from Celine at all. 
I agree. Jordan, can you can you make a case for Celine deserving player of the year? Uh if if she were to get to five wins over Lily. Certainly. I mean, and I think she has a good chance. She was T ten last year at CME. So she play has played some good golf on this golf course. She knows how to get it done, knows how to cap off a good year. But I will say, let's consider the fact that Lilia was almost in that five win category against Angel again in Shanghai. So it, yep. it's it's tough. I mean, just from purely semi-subjective voting perspective, I mean, I think I would still have to give it to Lilia. And I will the only other thing. So if we're taking points completely out of it, I mean I wouldn't say so. Celine was on a winning Solheim Cup team, but I wouldn't say that she was the the star. I wouldn't even say that she was a middle. No, she, she she was, was potentially the anchor no. of that team. She, yeah, she was like our least valuable player on on the <laughs> European team. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, if you're taking points out of it, and you're and you're trying to rack and stack that way. Like, you might take a couple points away. You know, it left yeah. a bad taste in my mouth. I yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think if I had a vote. No matter what would happen this week, I think I would be voting for Lilia Vu. And maybe that's American bias. I, I don't know. I, I think it's more major championship bias on my part. I, I just think two majors is is enough to to do it for me. So uh who who do you guys think? I mean, I think Lilia going out and winning this week, five wins, just putting a, a freaking statement on the player of the year race saying 2023 this is my season i think that would be the biggest statement win out of anybody this weekend i don't know if if you agree or if there would be somebody else where you would look at a win and be like damn that's a statement i mean again looking back at what lydia did last year it was a bit of a fairy tale that was like it was like too perfect her winning cme and capping off just that incredible year and so thinking maybe maybe we should we could expand the sample size just a little bit in terms of people who've played well, um, Ataya, Ataya hasn't had a win this year. And last year was sort of her breakout year, but like she's also played some great golf at CME too. So I certainly think while it wouldn't put her in the player of the race conversation or player of the year conversation, you, you could say that's a statement win. That's certainly a way to end your year playing some very uh, consistent golf. I think that's just someone to think about. Also Minji, in terms of players who have maybe been in that bulk of concentrated wins, um, Jin Young Ko, there's a few names there. Allison Corpus also had a great uh, week last week or last year at CME. And so, yeah, I mean, there are some storylines that can certainly be uplifted. And I don't know if we're necessarily searching for more breakouts per se. I mean, Charlie Hole is one of those names who's also been playing extra consistent golf this year. Um, I'd rather Charlie's I think tired, she, will, she, she she's, listen, she's this tired. season's almost done. Charlie just can't. She got to get to Dubai. She got one more thing that she's on her way. <laughs> I, but I don't know if CME is going to be an event where we're like, oh, oh, that's who that is. We're not, I don't think we're using CME as any introduction. I think it's just going to embellish someone's already phenomenal year. Cody, agree, disagree with any of that? It, no, I agree. I, I think the only, Outside of the obvious of like Lilia winning and stamping that this is my year or Celine winning and, and forcing Lilia to take, you know, what did we set seventh or better to make it, you know, to, to figure out where these points are going to rack and stack. I think like Ronnie, the way that she's gone about this year and just kind of been the very quiet assassin that kind of came out of nowhere. And now is just like, yo, like I'm dead serious. Like I'm going to, I'm out for blood here. Yeah. Um, like I think that could be a a huge note um, to finish off a, a phenomenal year. Again, that's not going to play in, in, into anything when it comes to awards outside of like a pretty large paycheck and and winning the tour championship, which goes a, a long, long way. Uh, they also, you know, there's been people who you know Tiburon's such a finny, finicky course, and you mentioned Grant Thornton that's played on the same course in a couple months. They're both playing on on the the Great White Shocks Tiburon course, but the the people who are based out of Orlando have success here. I, I don't know if it's just because they get they get out and play, even though it's quite a, a you know a drive away from Lake Nona or wherever else they're at. Um, but it's proven, and and they go pretty deep. I mean, last year it was seventeen under total. Um, 
the one thing that I will say is that uh, as long as Patty plays better this year than she did last year, I'll be a lot uh, happier. Because last year she finished the the event in DFL at eight over par. Yeah. And I think uh, the way that she's been running and, I mean, the 63, 62, um, and then matching 72s last weekend, she found something. And I think it's it's I think it's this week is going to be one of these middle of this list to maybe the bottom end of the list that go out and just free will it because they're just, I, I mean, literally, they're just scooping up buckets full of cash with every birdie. I, I think uh, Ataya is is a great call. She is continues to be head and shoulders in terms of top tens. She has twelve on the year. The next closest, I believe, is nine. So for her to as a as a twenty year old, for her to to win the tour championship, um, it would be her third LPGA victory. I I, I think it'd be more of a statement as we look forward to twenty twenty four, right? I, I don't think it necessarily has much impact on twenty twenty three, but would would certainly be make me sit up and say, okay, all right, I, I think twenty twenty four could be a monster year for her. And and in that same vein, I would just add a Ling Grant, you know, getting the second LPGA win. I, I think she could be somebody that's uh, not that she's just motivated by money, but this is a big event, and there's a big first place prize, and I just could see Ling Grant, you know, coming with with a major mindset this weekend, and then also Rose Zhang. You know, I, I think we've we've kind of forgotten about her. She she played well in Malaysia, finishing tied for third. She finished tied for fifteenth last week. It, it seems like she's kind of getting that second wind, uh, and, and she could finish this season. Man, if she could win twice, including the Tour Championship again, I think that would be like more setting the stage for next year. So I'm, I'm super pumped. Cody, you, you said, you know, the people who are based in Orlando seem to play well here. Uh, the, the one I, I was again, texting Shane Cod. I was like, Shane, you guys, this, this has to feel like found money. You know, Madeline Sackstrom, she, she finishes 60th on the nose. She's based in Orlando. I was like, hell go out and go out and win the whole damn thing. So she's somebody I'm, I root for each week, but, uh, certainly and plays good there. Has a great, great history at Tiburon. I think it could be an awesome, awesome week for Madeline. Do we know, which I've poked around a little bit. Nobody's actually came back around to me. Big Rose made a caddy switch. Obviously she's got Ollie on the bag now. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we expect Ollie to be on the bag this week. I don't know for sure. But she had Ollie on the bag for the last two weeks of the Asian swing. She, of course, didn't play last week at the Annika in Tampa. But I'm expecting Ollie to show up this week. Anything else uh, uh, that you know of this? I don't. I and I was actually. I, I'm a little asleep at the wheel. I was. I had not even heard about the caddy switch when it was made, and I didn't know Ollie. Ollie's a buddy of ours. He's got to be alerting yeah. me of these things. I did not know well, he he's was... being super cheeky. He's listen. He's going to listen to this too and knows that yeah. I've sent him messages to everything. He's doing the, the good uh, employee thing now and not uh, providing information. But, you know, I think of all partnerships of partnerships, like that seems like something that could definitely be very beneficial on both sides. I love the contrast of personality. I, Ollie mm-hmm. is just so outgoing and and can say the right thing and you know can can offer humor or a kick in the ass when needed. And you know, I think Rose can be just super even keel out on the course. I, I think she prides herself on that. But somebody like Ollie might help her, you know, get in the moment and 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 get a little motivated. Yeah, that's a good question. I. I I don't know the the future prospects of that. We'll have to get an answer. The other thing I was just going to mention that's that's really at stake this week, and and I think it's noteworthy for two reasons: is the VAR Trophy, which is awarded. It's it's the the low, the best scoring average over the course of the season on the LPGA Tour. It's it's an accomplishment in and of itself, but with it comes a Hall of Fame point, which is you know a, a very big deal. And right now we have a super tight race coming in into the, the tour championship with Ataya Titicum currently in first place at 69. I mean, we got to go like three decimal points to figure out who's winning right now. Ataya Titicum is at 69.676. And then you have Huju Kim in second place at 69.689. And then Jin Young Ko at 69.955. And Jiu Lin at 69.958. And so again, you know, a Titicum 
n- not no major wins has kind of taken a back seat to some of the other younger stars out on the LPGA this year, but just quietly putting together a very good season. And if she were to have a good weekend this week, she could capture the VAR trophy, get a Hall of Fame point. And again, just at 20 years old, continues to impress. And I think we all wait for those big major breakouts, um, but certainly something to keep an eye on as well this weekend. Guys, uh, from here, Jordan, uh, sorry, before I kind of move on, anything else with, with the Tour Championship this week that you want to note or or throw out there? I hope conditions are like they were last year. They were pretty tough on that weekend. Cold, very windy. Um, I, I'm just really hoping for, you know, tough setup and tough conditions because that's that's kind of what this event deserves. Also, if we really want to uh, make the case about Orlando-based players having success on this course, while she doesn't really have much of a history there, uh, Angel Yin is also Orlando-based and has said that she thinks she could like this course. Doesn't have a ton of experience there. Uh, Last time she played, I think, was, was it 2020, 21? And she withdrew in the first round. Um, So... She's coming off of um, a few weeks of rest. She can make a big splash here too. Nothing. Uh, listen, Angel can't be confined to locations, things like that. She's worldwide. All right. So she might try to claim Orlando right now, but the world is her oyster. I think she, it does make sense. So I think this golf course, it suits the way that she likes to play. And that's aggressive. If conditions are the way that they were last year, that definitely suits her because she likes tough conditions she likes you know tough setups and she's one of those people that stands up there you know when when wind is up and it's a little bit breezy and cold uh that automatically knows like oh yeah half of these people aren't going to be able to beat me just because they can't deal with the conditions and she's coming in a million dollars richer she million bucks she won the aeon risk reward challenge this year on the lpga tour so good on her uh that has concluded that does not incorporate the tour championship so that is done and dusted congrats to angel um just again a few shout little, out shout out yeah. to Aon real quick i think it's really really cool matching Aon risk reward on the lpj tour and risk reward on the L, or pga tour both hundred dollars equal across the board shout out to Aon for doing that amen uh a couple little news and notes and then we'll get out of here code man you saw this one nelly corda Working with a new putting coach. What do what do we make of that? Well, I think it's something that if we've from all the golf we've seen of Nelly so far this year, I think it's something it's that it, it's yeah. not gonna like hurt her, right? Yeah. It's yeah. one of those weird things too, where I feel like we've had a lot of turnover in her stable, but then like you think back to it, and I think she's just had the same crew for for such a long time. I'm still, I guess, behind the times where the, uh, not JJ, but Matt Killen, you know, Matt Killen, he, she, he was like her, her and her sister's longtime swing coach. I thought he was, uh, moved off a of full swing, was just doing short, uh, game stuff on him now. But it was announced last week, Nelly moving over short game instructors. Uh, they've been working for a couple, uh, couple weeks now, but the guy's name is Eric Dietrich. First began working together right around the Solheim Cup. Uh, Since she switched up her putter grip, she changed out her putter. She's uh, been using a a mallet. We saw her majority of the summer she was using a a typical blade, but um, she's back to kind of a wide-body mallet putter now. Um, Diedrich based out of Jupiter. And everything looks so far so good. We'll see how it goes this week. Um, but it, it, it cannot hurt, but I'm also torn because I never know. We watch a lot of Nelly's putts. She's on TV a lot more. And because of kind of the lack of stats that we have, I know you haven't heard that before on this podcast, but you know, we don't really know where, what's good, what's bad. Where's it at? We just see her missing a lot of putts. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the miss putts in the, uh, in the biggest weeks and the biggest events, they, they certainly have an outsized, uh, impact in our memories and our collective thinking you're right about that uh a couple schedule 2024 schedule rumors news and notes um 
This one's not a rumor. The The new Boston event is going to be held at TPC Boston, which was the host venue for the, the PGA event for several years up there, which I think is good, right? I You know, minus like going to some classic, fun Donald Ross golf course, right? I, I feel like TPC Boston, I, I always thought it showed well on TV, and I'm glad the, the ladies are going to get the chance to tee it up there. I have just heard this one hurts my heart. I've heard Kenwood has opted out and will no longer be the host of the Cincinnati uh, Kroger Queen City event. And they are working on a new location to keep that event in Cincinnati. Um, Makatiwa, good bar, my brother in law, the Makatiwa members, if anybody's listening. Gosh, what a great event. Uh, Y'all have done fabulous work on your course, would, would look so good on television. Would love to see the event maybe land there, but but we shall see. Uh, let's go around. I'm going to put you each on the spot to pick a winner for the Tour Championship, and and then we'll get out of here. Jordan, why don't you kick us off? Who's who's your winner this weekend? I'm feeling I'm feeling a little Celine here. I'm feeling a little Celine, and I mean she's been wow. through the ringer in every possible way, right? And this a lot of this event falls on endurance. And let's let's think of some of her biggest moments this year. Winning back to back between Evian and the Scottish, and winning a nine hole playoff in Malaysia. So, with that in mind, I and and having a good history at this golf course, I, I think Celine is in a great position. Would certainly make for some good drama, Cody. Who do you have? I agree with that. A very safe pick. Uh, I'm going to go again. Like I said, I'm going to go that middle to the bottom section here. Somebody who's had some excellent form coming in. Uh, I think is going to capitalize on that. I shouted out the Aussie contingent earlier. I think it's going to be Stephanie Kiriakou winning CME tour championship, just getting hovering up all that cash and then immediately taking it back to Australia. That's a bold pick Cody. And and you're nothing if not willing to give bold picks on these podcasts. So I appreciate that. I'm going to go with Lynn Grant. I don't know why. I I just, I, there's something about her mentality and, and this, you know, kind of just being a, a big cash game for the women. I, I like Lynn Grant. She can make a ton of birdies in a hurry. So give me Lynn Grant with, uh, and, and let me say, if not her, I hope Lilia wins just to put a, a definitive statement on this season. So Jordan, Cody, thank you very much for joining us. Everybody listening, be sure to tune in to the CME Tour Championship this weekend. Again, you can find that across Peacock, Golf Channel, and then Sunday on NBC. Uh, We will be back with a big, big, big LPGA 2023 recap extravaganza. I believe, Cody, that's going to be after Thanksgiving. We got to chat internally, but I don't think it makes sense to do that Thanksgiving week. So look for that. Uh, the week after Thanksgiving will be a good time for that. So anything else, guys, before we say before we say farewell? Very much looking forward to uh, the end of this uh, season, though, Big Ed. I think it's been awesome. Excited to get this tour championship kicked off. Excited to finally crown some of these season-ending winners here. Um, what we else? Should. What Cody, I I, I'm sorry. We, we have an official Rookie of the Year winner. We Thank do. You. That's it. Yes. Hang Ran Rue. Congratulations yes. to you. Uh, we talked about her at the preview episode to start this year. She was medalist at Q series last year, absolute dynamite player from Korea, uh, locked up that honor. Uh, and it was pretty much a, a, you know, I would say a runaway, uh, grace Kim second place there with that, that victory there. But I like to see the amount of rookies that we got. Of course, Hanyan Ru makes tour championship. Grace Kim makes tour championship. The other person who we talked about a couple times this year, People might recognize her name, Alexa Pano. I think we're just starting here on this career. Long ways to go uh, still, but I love seeing finishing uh, or coming into the Tour Championship 42nd on the list, I think is absolutely incredible. But again, congratulations, Han Ran Rue, for winning the Lewis Suggs Rolex Rookie of the Year Award. The other thing, real quick, want to shout out here. This is coming from Epson Tour News the leading development only developmental tour of the LPGA tour and this company Carlisi, right? They uh, just signed up to make a three year or extend their commitment, extending it out three years. All right. They uh, sponsor the Carlisi Arizona women's golf classic. Uh, it is moving to 
the championship course at TPC Scottsdale. This oh, is a sweet. big, big deal. All right. Nice. Yeah. Now it, it's an, an actual Epson tour event hosted at TPC Scottsdale. And not only that, the purse last year, 335,000 or yeah, excuse me, $335,000 this year, $400,000. So not only new venue extended deal with them, but increased purse. I think it's going to be awesome. Congratulations to uh, all the Epson tour folks and uh, excited to see that tour continue to grow, getting new venues, new locations, but really putting some more money into the pocket for the players. Awesome. Very good shout outs. And I deeply apologize. It should not have taken 65 minutes to get to the rookie of the year award winner this year. So uh, apologize to Miss Rue. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful season. Jordan, thank you for joining us. I will remind the people again, you are publishing the Angel Yin piece this week on nolayingup.com. We will promote it across our channels. I cannot wait to read that. Cody, enjoy the Tour Championship as well as Jordan. Uh, it's going to be some good viewing this week, and we will be back in a few weeks to put a bow on the entire season, and do some you know season-long awards and yada, yada, yada. So you two, thank you very much. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.